Scarves Up Seattle! Welcome everybody to the season recap for the MOS season 2023. I am Nadme Mutis. Welcome to a new episode of Scarves Up. I'm joined here in the studio with Damon Mutis. Damon Mutis, how are you doing today? Doing well. And uh, we got a lot to get into. A lot happened in uh, this calendar year. Um, one year ago, uh, the the World Cup ended. Does it feel Does it feel like that was only a year ago, or does that feel like much longer? That does feel like longer ago. Uh, we had our first Leagues Cup. It also feels like uh, the, the MOS has been on Apple TV for longer than a year. That has only been a year. Uh, and then also, uh, honestly, it feels longer than six months that uh, a man named Lino Messi has been in the MOS. It, going back to uh, January... Uh, you see that coming? I did not see that coming. And, you know, it seems like the Club World Cup was a long, long, long time ago. Um, yeah, strange year overall. So unlike 2022, it is a season in which the Sounders uh, fail to win a trophy. Though, uh, so did LAFC. LAFC also has zero trophies this year. So, I mean, I've heard that LAFC is pretty good. So, the fact that we won the same number of trophies that they did this year, I mean, uh, I think we can take something from that. Yeah, it doesn't make me feel that much better, you know. Uh, did, what is your, like, uh, total emotion on, on, on this season? It was a weird one. Yeah, I mean, maybe it just shows how high our expectations are, mm-hmm. you know, that... Um, you know, you'd have to say the Sounders had a good season, you know, coming in second in the West. Um, but you know, not the season we wanted to have either at the beginning of it or at the end of it. Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, so let's go all the way back to where this season starts. Uh, when we were recapping the end of last season, um, we talked about we were we were sad to have to talk about the first season that Sounders missed the playoffs, but we were very excited for the season as we are the first MLS team that got to play in the Club World Cup. Now uh, we didn't know then at the recap that if we had just won one game, we would have got to play a competitive game against Real Madrid, and unfortunately, like. A lot of games we saw this year, we fell uh, 1-0 after uh, one mistake, after our defense plays really, really well, um, we fall in that that game. So now that we've had a a long season where we had a lot of 1-0 results, when we start off the season... um, and we had to, like we didn't have really any preseason before that, and we fall one zero. Do you think that 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 means anything, or like uh, I feel like that feels whole. 
No, I mean, it was a missed opportunity, obviously, and, you know, not not an ideal situation to be playing, you know, before the beginning of preseason, basically, and, and you know, to be traveling so far to play that game. Um, yeah, I mean, again, you know, it wasn't terrible, but it could so easily have been a lot more fun than it was. Yeah, but we, so we talked about, um, to, just to to go off and like, well, well, like that first result was depressing and it feels like there's been so much change this season. Uh, our first result is the same as our last result against LAFC um, and pretty much in, in the same case, it was our defense is playing really well, one attack and the Sounders being unable to put their chances away. Uh, so, so is there anything bigger that you can take away from our defense and our inability to score goals this season? Right. I mean, again, it, you know, it, the defense was great, you know, but it wasn't perfect. And the offense was good, but it wasn't great. You know, so you'd like to you'd like to have seen us either make no mistakes at all ever or score enough goals that the occasional mistake didn't matter. And largely we paid for a lot of our mistakes. So we going into the beginning of the next season, we uh, let, let's talk about uh, players Um we we said goodbye to Will Bruin, and then we said, okay, we've got to bring in a new forward. Um, really, the only new player who came in uh, for us was Hey Bear. Uh, does it feel like we've had Hey Bear for longer uh, than than one year? And uh, thoughts on uh, how that panned out? Yes he has not no. been resigned. Right. I mean, he had you know, a strong start and then kept looking like he was about to score more goals. Um, you know, accumulating lots of expected goals, but no goals. Um, you know, and again, maybe just another one of these sort of almost, but not quite elements to this season. Will Bruin did have more goals than, uh, than Hey Bear this season. Uh, should we have kept... Will Bruin, would you have liked to have Will Bruin one one more season um, over Hey Bear? Yeah. I mean, you know, I can't say that I would have thought that at the beginning of the season, but in retrospect, sure. Um, yep. You know, it's hard to know was the, was the problem our luck this year versus Hey Bear's level of effort. Um you know, hard to know what, you know, what would, what would have been different, obviously. Another thing that we talked about at the end of last season uh, was uh, we really needed Leo Chu to step up, and we were not impressed uh, with how he played. Uh, thoughts on Leo Chu this season, who uh, we go back to uh, some other positives from uh, this year, um, as we go back to April and March, uh, there were f- 
those four weeks there where the Jordan Morris Leo Chu uh, partnership was absolutely electric, firing on all cylinders. Uh, Jordan Morris being the first sounder to score four goals in a game, or maybe I, maybe David Estrada did that once before. Um, but first time Jordan Morris has ever scored four games in his career, earned Player of the Week that week. But back to Leo Chu. Um, right. I mean, obviously, Leo you know, overall he outperformed expectations more than anybody else. Became a starter. Um, was a starter pretty much the whole season. I mean, I guess you could you could argue there are some other contenders for most improved among you know Cody Baker or Reed Baker Whiting. Um, but 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 yeah, he yeah. I mean, I I don't think you expected it. You know, you you would have been happy to see Hey Bear or somebody else come in and take that starting space and put Chu on the bench for the rest of the year. Uh, and obviously he stepped up and showed he needed to be in the team every every week. Yeah, huge, huge improvement by Chu. Still usually would have a couple mistakes every game. Um, but huge, huge improvement by Leo Chu. Um, definitely makes sense to keep him around. I mean, I wanted him to go out um, after last season and right now. Uh, makes sure makes sense that he's locked in. Uh, we go back to the beginning of this season. Cody Baker getting a good run of games, pretty much faded off. He, he uh, towards the end, I mean, he had some injuries in the middle of the season, didn't get much playing time. Um, so I would say that Reed Baker Whiting, um, another player um, uh, battling injuries this year, had a better um, season. Uh, than he than than Baker did, but uh, both of those players um, proving that they will be contributors moving forward. Um, then obviously uh, a a huge year for Josh Atencio. Josh Atencio when he first came to when he first started getting starts um, in 2021. Uh, if we go back to the beginning of that season, he was the one who was starting in the middle and he was playing really well. Um, and then obviously in 2022, Obed Vargas, uh, was playing in that role, um, next to Paolo instead of Atencio. And this year we kind of more went back to Atencio. Um, even uh, unlike before, we saw Atencio playing center back. This time, Atencio really just stayed in the midfield. And Atencio has been really, really good. He's been really, really good for us. Um, he doesn't get as much praise as Obed Vargas to guts. Um, but I think Atencio is a player who will be getting some, some national team looks. Um, just as Vargas has been getting thoughts on uh, on the youth uh, players, I just mentioned. Right. I mean, obviously, a lot of a lot of great players to look forward to. Um, you know, hard to know when they will they will hit their peak. I don't think they're there yet. So I think we have um, a couple of years of improvement to look forward to. Um, you know, not quite ready to say that uh, JP is superfluous, but um, yeah, great to see the improvement in in all of those players, and um, you know, obviously at the end of the year, what you saw was uh, Ladero and Ruiz Diaz having a hard time making their case to to start. 
Um, not because they dropped off all that much, but just because other players have stepped up so much. Yeah, we can get into Ladero. Um, let's get here. So we'll just slide right into talking about Ladero and Raul Ra- Ra- Diaz. Um, we go back to this year. Sounders really struggling to put the back the ball in the back of the net. Um, both uh, in Raul Diaz's case, injured for a lot of the year. Um, thoughts on. What do what do we what do you expect? And what what do you think we should remember about Rahul from this last year? Because he did score some goals. He did, um, you know, but there wasn't a lot of consistency, and I don't really know, you know, whether it was sort of like what we were saying about Heber, you know, is it uh, is the problem bad luck or? Uh, is he just not as sharp as he was? Um, or was it a question of the sounder system not fitting him as well as it had? Um, you know, but for uh, whatever I, I reason... I feel like it's not that... I feel like our system, we always continue to play a system that he that he works in. His system is he plays alone by himself. And even when he wasn't actually on the bench we stayed in that formation. There were definitely times this season where I wanted us to play with two forwards um, so that Morris could have some help or, or another forward could have some help filling the the shoes of Raul Diaz. But we continued to play the formation that we've had success in previous seasons with Raul. Um, Raul was just not healthy enough. And then we go to the end of the season where um, Smetzer likes to play a consistent lineup so it didn't make sense to play Raul and then like we want Raul to come in and be a game changer but he's not playing games week in week out it's always going to be hard yeah uh let's talk about uh Ladero now um Ladero playing his his final game in Rave Green unclear where he will be going next could be San Jose could be in Uruguay um hopefully it's not San Jose I will cry if that happens if I have to see him in an earthquake jersey I bet I would think that he would be crying um if that happens as well um but uh thoughts on on Ladero leaving the team yeah I'm you know, sorry to see that he doesn't get to end his career with the Sounders. I don't really understand how that was handled. Um, but I think it is also true he might, you know, he had a hard time getting into the starting lineup this year. If everyone stays healthy next year, you could imagine that continuing. I don't know whether he would want to take on a Freddie Montero-like, you know, role where he was on the bench and didn't see a lot of action. Um, you know, I think he still wants to be the center of things, wants to be moving around with the ball, wants to be going all over the field. And, you know, maybe that's another question is, can he adapt to a role that doesn't require him to do the most running of anyone on the field? See, I, I don't know what exactly happened behind cl- closed doors, but what we have been told from Ladero um, and and actually, to, for, to start off, Ladero has given our club everything. Like, there isn't more that Ladero could do. The only thing that he doesn't have is he, he never won um, an MOS MVP award. And, they, I mean, maybe 
could have even won that in 2016 when he wins Newcomer of the Year. When he comes to our team, takes us from last to first, we win the MLS Cup, then we win a second MLS Cup, then we are the first MLS team to win the CONCACAF Champions League. He has given us everything uh, that you want your DP to do. Um, I feel like uh, the Sounders, then he is, when he started to get older, the Sounders, I feel like they started to treat him like, uh, like a, like a washed up player who is, who's going to say, um, uh, I, I used to be a good player. You have to continue to play, pay me that amount. Now, Ladero has said that uh, before he announced that he would be leaving the club, that he was open to taking a pay cut. He was open to having a smaller role, and he wanted us to renew his contract. So, it really, really is terrible team management and contract management for the Sounders to not try to renegotiate Ladero's contract so he could uh, not be a DP because he is still a great player when he is on the field. And while he didn't have, uh, he wasn't uh, the number one playmaker like he was uh, in previous seasons that he was for the club, this season he is still a great player to have coming off the bench. So when he says he is willing to take a pay cut, and that he was willing to talk, and no one came and talked to him. That makes me sad because I feel like the Sounders are a very good team at 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 uh, managing players, and we're usually uh, I I think a lot of players we see tons of players who will go to other clubs and they will come back to us because we are at home and they love being here. So, I so still, it's really it's really unfortunate. I still unfortunate. hope that they'll manage to work that out. Of course, I'm still hoping they'll manage to work it out with Ozzy Alonso somehow. Yeah, it's not happening. Um, There's more of a chance that Alonso comes back and signs a one-day contract than Ladero is gone. So, um yeah, I'm you know, I'm sure there's more to the story than that. I doubt they just, you know, didn't try. Uh but don't really know what happened there. I mean, you watch the interviews with Ladero. He was open. Big, big miss uh, by Weibull on that front. Let's talk about uh, how, uh, what our our roster, who is still on the roster um, moving forward. Um, right now, uh, Fry has signed an extension. Um, and for other uh, goalkeepers, we have uh, Castro and La- and Lapsley. Um, as Stefan Cleveland has followed in Will Bruins' footsteps, and he is now on Austin. Then uh, for uh, outfield players, we st- under contract we have Rusnak, still a DP, Alex Rodon, Cody Baker, Christian Rodon, Dinan Tevez. Uh, I'm not going to read the the players who are going to be playing for the Defiance next year. Uh, Jonathan Jackson Reagan, um, with the departure of A.B. Sizoko, um, we have brought in Jonathan Bell from uh, St. Louis, so I expect him to pretty much play. He'll he'll he he will basically replace A.B. and play 
as much as we saw AB this year. So that's um, the number, so, number so four quarterback? Yes. Um, because Javier Ariaga is still on the roster. Joss Atencio, Joe Paolo, Leo Chu, New Who, Obed Vargas, Paul Rothrock, uh, Raul Rodriguez, Reed Baker Whiting, uh, uh, Kitahara, Hawkins, Sousa, uh, Ariaga, and Yema. Uh, those are the players we currently have under contract. There is news uh, that uh, of an Argentinian player who uh, could be announced any day now, and we should expect some other um, signings to be made. Um, who are you looking forward to the most um, next season? Obviously, let's, let's talk about another player who... For me, I think this is easy because I think our biggest miss this season was the player who's been the most consistent for the Sounders since he joined the team in 2015. That is Christian Rodon. Right, obviously Uh, the biggest absence in the middle of the season for the Sounders when he was out with injuries for a while. Two concussions, um, and they've been... And then obviously when he comes back, still being very cautious with um, how much he was heading the ball... Um, definitely an interesting story uh, with how concussions are being dealt with these days. Um, but uh, Chris Rodon, obviously, when he comes back, uh, makes an immediate impact, starts starting games. He was – Chris Rodon scores the goal that clinches our playoff spot this season uh, in stoppage time against the LA Galaxy. Um what are you excited to see from Christian Rodon in 2024? Um, again, I just want to see him on the field for every single game. And I think if we see that, then we will get great things out of him. Uh, let's talk about his best friend, Jordan Morris, uh, who we said in our season recap last year had a down year in 2022. He did have uh, better numbers in 2023, Coming off uh, his first World Cup appearance, um, now at this stage, I would say he's pretty much completely out of the U.S. men national team picture. Um, thoughts on? I mean, it's pretty much all, it's it's all club for Jordan Morris. What do you expect Jordan Morris's role to be next season? I guess it depends, you know, what else we bring in on the way of attackers and also what role Raul plays. Um, you know, I feel like he'll, the role he played was kind of halfway between Raul's role of poacher in front of goal and the traditional Morris role of run right by him. He scored a lot of goals um with his head, of course, at the very end of the season, we started to see, and we so uh, like we at the end of the season, we began to see um, old Morris, uh, the Morris of the old days, uh, which uh, is is not actually old. Where Morris is running past defenders, go back to that LAFC game when he runs right by Kiamini. Unfortunately, he couldn't put that chance away, but um, we love to see those types of plays from Morris. Um, I would say it's more likely that uh, if the 2020 
four seasons started tomorrow that we would see Morris starting over Ryan Rodriguez. But do you think there is a chance that we will go for a four four two? Um, because I do think Morris proved this year he has more success playing up top than he does on the wing right now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like he's, you know, maybe he's not as fast as he was five years ago, so can't play as the pure speed guy. Um, I think he's getting more confident with the ball, you know, but he's also not a, you know, do a bunch of crossovers and dribble by you guy. Um, You know, so I don't know, and... You know, in some ways, this is the hard thing about looking at the Sounders roster, that they have a lot of players who are really good, but, you know, are they great? They're a great team, but when you look at, like, how do you improve the team, there isn't an obvious weak point, because everyone on the team is very good. Yeah. And so Morris, you know, like, he isn't bad, but he isn't going to go win games all by himself with a bad team around him. You know, yeah. if everything... So, anyway, I the, the, I think this is the question with the Sounders. Like, it isn't obvious how to make the team better. Yeah, and I think especially in MOS, we talked about... Like, what separates um, bad MOS teams from good MOS teams is... Uh, you need your DPs to hit. You need your DPs playing... Um, because of how the salary cap works in MOS, um, and you can only be paying some players, uh, three players more than other other people, um, those players got to be on the field. And obviously, like it's a testament to how good uh, the rest of our team has been that RDBs haven't been on the field. But whoever are the D- the DPs that come in um, next season, they got to be playing. Um, if Rarity is, I, I, so that is why I would say, I hope that we switch to a, I think right now our best formation would be a four, four, two, where we have Rarity as playing next to Morris. Um, and then, uh, if we go through the lineup, it would be, so it'd be Fry, Jackson, uh, Jackson, Yamar, um, Alex Rodon, New Who, uh, and then in the middle, it'd be, uh, Paolo, Paolo, uh, uh, Atencio, um, Rusnak, and Rodon, um, in the middle, and then I guess, I mean, you could, that, the middle could, it could even kind of look like a, a 4-2-2-2. And I guess we really Um, haven't seen that, the Sounders play that format, so it's hard to know. You know, I guess we've seen Morris and Rui Diaz play together, but with Morris in a more withdrawn role, you know, what would it mean to have them playing as two forwards? Yeah. I think in general, like, with both with with both Morris and Raul Rui Diaz, it, both of them, it kind of feels like, like, uh, like they've lost the killer instinct. And uh, I do feel like uh, a true goal scorer or a goal killer... Um, like like having someone with that bite like uh like when we had uh Opa Martins um that's who we need to bring in and obviously now with Ladero going we have a DP spot open we have a lot of international um roster spots 
open as uh, we have players also getting their green cards. Um, I believe Yamar is about to get his, um, and there's someone else as well. Um, so we, we have the space to bring in players. We, we just have to go find them, um, and bring them in. Uh, let's talk, let's continue talking about, uh, uh, other individual players. Um, thoughts on, uh, on Yamar and Jackson Reagan, um, this year. Um, neither, uh, I would, oh, who is better? Yamar gets the... Uh, Defender of the Year finalist nomination. Um, right. I think you'd have to say, you know, Reagan improved more. Was Yamar still better? Maybe. You know, they were both very good. Yamar scored. Yamar scored two goals. Reagan's still looking for his first goal. Right. You'd love to see more. More. Well, I guess you'd love to see everyone on the Sounders score some more goals. But set pieces, we you know didn't have the attacking bite that you'd want us to have. And Reagan came very close this year. I think Reagan Reagan is not far away from from finally scoring. Um yeah, really nothing much to say from this. We've talked about we've praised them both so well. I mean, the positives from this season was the defense. And again, just the defense this season was always good and like you can't have it where where if your defense is so good for the entire game and they make just one mistake that the other team compa- uh, uh, capitalizes on it, like the way that you nullify that one mistake is that you've scored four goals at the other end. So, uh, yeah, again, I don't think you can't blame – I we can't really blame the defense for anything this season because the, uh, the offense uh, was the ones failing to score goals. I mean uh, – it's still a down year for both Raul Diaz and Morris as Rusnak ends up having the most game-winning goals. And Rusnak had a great year. He was a really good player for us. He proved that when he's higher up the field, um, he he is more successful and he can still really play. Um, but he should not be leading our team in uh, game-winning goals. That should be a forward. Uh, let's talk about uh, Alex Rodon and uh, Newhu out wide. And then um, w- what do you see happening with those positions um, next season? Do you expect uh, it to be Alex Rodon and Newhu uh, for the majority of the season? Um, I don't see a, an obvious challenger to Alex Rodon. Newhu. Um, I mean, we saw, we saw more of a switch from Reed Baker Whiting. I, I, th- I still think of Reed Baker Whiting as a right back most and uh uh even though his name i mean his name is uh even though he is r r b w i always like i always think of him i think of him as a right wing back because okay. it's so close uh, right, even and though he has switched over to the left mostly you know, this year. I guess I guess right he and and Cody Baker and others will be will be pressing for starting roles um, you know, Nuhu, I felt, you know, was often great, but not, not as consistent and still had some of the, you know, getting up into attack and then looking confused about what to do next. 
um, moments that he's had over his career. I mean, he's had some. He had. He's still had some really bad decisions this season. Um, obviously, in the Dallas game, terrible. The 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 second leg, the second game against Dallas in the playoffs, one of his worst games ever. He did bounce. He does bounce back, but right. So obviously, yeah. I mean, again, I think he's leaving an opening for somebody to take his spot. Um. Also possible that he, I mean, it still feels like international clubs like him. So he could, so he could, have, he could, do you think the door is still open for him to go international? Or do you think, do you, or do you think he, do you think he is the, the most likely sounder to get exported? Or do you think there's another sounder who, who has more of a chance? Like, I think I think the right the window for him to go to a really elite team is closing. Um, you know, obviously it's unclear that he'll spend the rest of his career with the Sounders, but yeah, I mean, if you if you had to say who might, you know, who might go to a top European club someday, um, I'd be more likely to guess one of the younger Sounders who aren't twenty yet. Um, you know, if they have a little bit more of a breakout, they could get themselves into that position, or a strong showing at the U twenty three. World Cup. Yeah, obviously we got the, uh, and also the U.S. will be at the Olympics, um, so we'll see um, which, uh, if any of our young players end up being on that team. I, right, so I really, do, that is the U. Yeah. I, that's a, you know U twenty one World Cup is separate than the Olympics is basically U twenty three. Yep. Uh, yeah, it should be interesting. I I mean, um, before Reed Baker Whiting signed an extension, um, I thought there was a uh, a pretty good chance that he could that he might be leaving us. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Obviously, uh, Danny Leva has returned from his loan with Colorado, which he did. He did play well with Colorado. Um, we'll see what happens with him. We'll see how much... Uh, we'll see uh, if he ends up getting another contract. For other players who uh, could come back right now, still waiting to figure it out, um, there's Freddie Montero, um, who... Uh, and then there's also Kellen Rowe. Do you think um, either one of those players we sign a will sign a contract uh, for next season? Um, I haven't heard anything about how eager they are to return. I mean, I think you know the good news is the Sounders are likely to have 18 or 20 players who could be starters on an MLS team, and you know what they'll what they will do. I mean, maybe maybe you know Rowe certainly and Montero. Who who do you um, think is more is more point? likely? If if I think I think there's a pretty good chance one of them comes back. Who who do you say is more likely? I mean, I think it's all about you know how they're feeling going yeah, give into me, the give preseason. Give me a name. Who 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 would you bring back between the two of them? Between specifically Rowe and Montero? Yes. Come on. Yep, I have no opinion. No, 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 no. You have to pick. Okay, I think Roe is was sort of more excited to get back at the end of the season. If he if his yes. health continues improving, I would expect to see him back. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I, I've talked about. I'm. I'm a little over Montero at this at this point. I mean, like he's he's just he's just every time he's on the field, he just feels slow. Yeah, he does. He he probably could come and still score a couple of goals because he he's still a good player, but. Um, and I I think for the amount of positions that Roe can play, 
Um, he's still an exciting player. And I think in a little younger. Um, so I think there's a pretty good chance that we could see Rowe next season. Um, for the only other players that we haven't talked about, uh, their year so far. Um, uh, so, uh, I guess we can talk about Fry for a little bit. Um, uh, Fry signing a contract extension. The reason that Stefan Cleveland has been, uh, the reason we traded him is because we want him to keep playing and Fry isn't going anywhere. So thoughts on the handling of Cleveland and uh, Fry moving forward? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that Cleveland, you know, wants his chance somewhere. I don't know who's likely to be our backup. Um, you know, so Fry has been great. Happy to be relying on him next year. Hope he can stay healthy. Yeah, I said the other two names, but we also still have. Uh, I think we. I believe we still do have Andrew Thomas, um, the backup that we've had the last two years now. Um, only other player that uh, we haven't talked about, Joe Paolo, um, coming back from injury, um, and again underrated player in the league. It's just you don't notice how much he's doing on the field until he's not there, has another really good season. So now that I brought up to Paolo, um, and we've talked about all the players, uh, it is now time to for us to pick our Sounders, our, our Sounder of the Year for 2023. So get come to you first. Who was the Sounders MVP this season? I think I would have to go with Zhao Paulo. I guess the only other really possible choice, um, you know, Fry is an obvious one. Maybe you could say Ruznak is creeping in there, but I think I'd have to go with Zhao Paulo. Uh, yeah, anything anything else you want to say about Paulo? He's good. We should keep him. <laughs> uh, it's still not an... Uh, not um not a dp excellent value excellent player um every year he's been with us uh and a huge bounce back year um if he was more famous and if a dude named messi didn't show up do you think he had a shot for newcomer the for uh comeback player or I guess it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been a comeback it wouldn't have been really related to Messi because it's comeback player of the year. Do you think he has a do you think he had a shot at uh, comeback player of the year this year? Um, I think he he certainly should have. Um, you know I think the same question about his chances of getting an MVP ever. It's hard to do it from a defensive midfielder position. Yeah. You know, you're, a lot of his plays don't show up in the in the stat sheets all that well. Um, so, you know, again. Hey, they're talking about Darlington Nagby that way. Let's let's give Joe Paolo some of that Darlington Nagby love. Um, yeah, for player of the year, it's really tough. I am going to give it to Fry. I mean, Fry is just like, he's a rock. Um, wore the captain's armband. It's really crazy. He's been with us since 2014. We go back to when he first came to the team. Like, I was so worried because Toronto had been so bad. And he turned his career around. He's turned himself into a legend. He has replaced. He is, he is 
became the best goalkeeper in Sounders history. And that's and to do that when Casey Keller is an option is incredible. Because Casey Keller is, when you talk about better goalkeepers, Casey Keller is probably a better goalkeeper. But Stefan Fry has been just insane for the Sounders. And this year, he really didn't have a mistake. Did there? He didn't have, like, a big mistake. It used to be every April, like, there was that one week here he had a mistake. He's got past that! So I give it to Fry. But Paolo, Paolo deserves, deserves more love. Um, but again, that I and I, I have to pick. Uh, though that was tough. I mean, for both of, both of them, it has to be. It has to recognize a defensive player because while you while you brought up Rusnak and while Rusnak was really good and he was so consistent this year, like consistently on the pitch, um, best DP of this season for sure. Um, definitely, I would say he was definitely better than the Daryl and Raul Diaz. Um, but our defense was just so much better than uh, than uh, our offense this year. And then also, Fry led the league in shutouts, and he should have won goalkeeper of the year. If you, if you, goalkeeper of the year, I think should be tagged to shutouts. I mean, I guess the question is, um, you know, he obviously had a strong defense in front of him. So, you know, probably there are some teams where the goalkeeper had more work to do. Yeah. Um, and, right, yeah, I don't... You know, I mean, it's harder to make that... It's harder to make the bigger save when you're not also making 15 saves. Berkey was good this year. But, I mean, Fry, Fry just completely outclassed him on, on shutouts. Uh, all right, let's talk... Let's uh, just talk about some other highlights from this year. I brought up Apple TV at the beginning. Thoughts on, on year one of Apple TV? Um, you a fan? Um, you know, obviously there's, the, there's a couple of questions. One is the general trend towards things being streaming and online. Um, I, I do want to know, like, what the number, how the numbers of subscribers like actually look like i haven't really I'm guessing seen you will never hear an answer to that i mean i feel like we would if it was doing really well i feel like at the beginning of this i i am willing to bet that the the i think at the beginning of this year emma's season pass was doing really badly i i think it went up a lot when the dude Messi showed up but but I mean, one thing. But to be aware because of is no that one, no one was buying MOS season pass. There's no reason to buy it if you if you're not a crazy MOS fan like we are, like because and and we get it for free as a season ticket member, and that's the same thing for most MOS clubs. Right. A lot. There's of the no reason to get it unless you're a C, unless you're a crazy MOS fan. A lot of the reasons that sports that sports are popular for you know properties for uh, streaming networks to acquire is to get casual fans who watch a lot of broadcast television to get over the hump of realizing that it isn't actually all that hard to connect your iPad to Apple TV and watch something. And then there's a second stage, which is, are you willing to pay extra to see every game of the season? Um, yeah, I, I mean, well, like a lot of games are still free this year. I do think, I mean, it. I think... And the the broadcast quality was was good. I, right, I, I was happy the, with the broadcast yeah, quality. The broadcast pretty pro- happy with the commentators. Yeah. I didn't love. I still don't love the app. You know, and the question of, um, you know, 
can you, if you want to watch a game that is tape delayed, you know, can you reliably see it without finding out the score before you, uh, before you see the game yeah. is still a good question. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely harder to do that, even though, even though it is easier to, if we can go back and watch any game from this season, you can go back and watch all old games right, every that, minute of the that's game. That's sort of a different use case from the, you know, the game started an hour ago and I want to watch it. Yeah. Um, and I know that there are some, some competitors who've done a better job with things like, you know, show me the highlights until I've caught up, yeah. which would be an interesting feature to have. So, you know, not that impressed with the software side, but the rest of the product, the, you know, the video quality, the commentators, the overall packaging of everything. Um, I have been favorably impressed how Apple has dealt with all of it. Yeah, for the for the Premier League uh, on on Peacock, you can turn off the like uh, like seeing like scores and and, and, and stuff. So they should that. be they should be able to. Add you can that. do that with your Apple TV account as well. No, no, you can't. Well, you, you can. There's a there's yeah. a setting, but I guess you know I yeah, if I can't meant, make it work yeah. reliably, I'm not sure who else can. Um, but. Uh, it, it it's not it's not um it, while like you can turn off seeing the score it it won't actually show it. like uh in in peacock it will show you like what minute goals happened and at what in what minute cards happened you can go to that specific minute um so if Apple TV could look at that that would be nice um the other thing I will say about it is like like I I do think that less it it does feel like less people are watching the games because. It is harder because you can't turn on your TV and find it and find a game. It, it used to, like when it was on ESPN and it was on Fox and it was on um, uh, when it was on NBC. Like it was more likely that you would turn on the game on the weekend and you could find an MLS game. Now you literally can't go to a bar and and find and watch the MLS. No bar has MLS in pass, and that is I don't know how. I feel like that's something MLS could try to do is they could try to give restaurants uh, MLS season pass or they could try to expand on that. I, hopefully that changes because it, it does it it, 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 is, it does really suck that you can uh, it's, you, you really need like a big like viewing party to be set up if you want to watch the game like at a location. Right. And I guess that's, you know, restaurants haven't really moved into the streaming era yet. Yeah. You know, they're just not used to having to manage all of the things that yeah. we have to manage at home now. Yeah, I mean, Prime, the, with Prime having NFL, now restaurants are starting to get a little more onto that, but hopefully that restaurants will start to be aware of that. I um, mean, obviously there were some games on Fox, but, um, I mean, it does feel like with this new deal, like Fox Sports rarely put their a team on a game um for their weekly game it was never john strong and Stu. they did do the mls cup and that game was on fox and there's going to be a bunch more games on fox this next year uh, but it'll be interesting to see if they will have uh Stu and uh john strong do games uh, uh for the rest of the season um next year and well it, yeah it'll be interesting to see how it improves. Um, another thing that we saw this year, we saw the first ever Leagues Cup. Thoughts on the Leagues Cup, which is coming back. Yeah, I mean, obviously not a great experience for the Sounders or their fans. Um, you know, I think the format certainly needs work, you know, separate from your question of 
it's seeming rigged in favor of the uh, the MLS against the Liga MX. Um, you know, not rigged enough for the Sounders, apparently. Yes, not not balanced. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know if the format's going to change. Um, you know, in general, there were a lot of competitive, interesting games. You know, the, the later rounds of it were were more interesting than I thought it would be. Um, It'll be interesting to see how the tournament works this next season as... as uh, one thing that got people excited about it was that it was the first tournament that Messi was in. And so people were watching it for that next year when there's not going to be a star entering, um, the league like that at the time of the starting of the tournament. Um, I think it's going to be less exciting, especially when we will have already had Copa America and the euros will have already happened. And, uh, right. I guess and the Olympics will be happening at this time. We'll see how the U.S. Open Cup, you know, fills into this. We'll see how the Club World Cup will be coming along. Um, it does seem like there are an awful lot of separate oh, the tournaments. The Club World Cup already happened. That that that. No, when's uh, the when's the new giant one? Yeah, Is that's that that's not until twenty twenty five. Okay. That's not till 2025, and that will be in June. Right, but just the that's, longer that's term question already of, a, already you know, qualified where where does the League's Cup fit into? the you know the way people think about soccer in the United States I, I don't really know what the answer is I mean I guess that's another question it was obviously very heavily promoted by Apple TV so it felt like you know it was it was there to be part of the messy mania and part of the Apple TV promotion yeah. more than as an organic part of the MLS season yeah um, obviously lots of drama with uh, MOS fighting U.S. soccer, and thank God that U.S. soccer decided to uh, have a backbone and tell MOS you have to participate in U.S. Open Cup, um, and MOS saying, and MOS saying they don't want it playing it because of, like, too many games when they have the League's Cup. The U.S. Open Cup is a better tournament than League's Cup. I, like, I stand by that. I think next year there was sure the MOS is going to be in the U.S. Open Cup. Um, I would love, hopefully the Sounders could take it seriously um, again and try to win that again. It gets you into the it it as the Concacaf Cup. Um, it gives you a spot for that. Um, and uh, it's next year's going to be it's it's going to be in it. There's lots of conversations happening right now on on pro rel and uh mos has dropped hints that they want to do it they could now they could do it with usl they could um which would seem easier than just waiting till they get to 40 teams and going to two to two divisions that way um Think MOS will buy USL? That that probably could be the easiest way. I don't know how USL would like that, but they did that. That'd be probably the easiest way we get Pro Rail. Or will Apple just buy all of them? I don't know. Could it? Could Apple do? Could Apple force MOS? I I feel like MOS really doesn't want to work with USL. Uh, but could Apple be the hero? Could Apple would Apple be seen as the hero here if they buy both and say MOS 
you work with USL. We're having pro row. If that's how we get pro row, I'll take it. Uh, all right, let's talk about let's talk about the schedule. Um, it the schedule is pretty much the same as last year. Uh, for the as for the Sounders, no expansion team. Uh, this year, um, Sounders will continue to play some teams in the West three times, everyone in the West at least twice, and then we play five teams in the East. Uh, or six. I thought it was even smaller than that. I mean, the schedule is very unbalanced. Well, I, we play five teams in the. We play five. No, six games against the Eastern Conference. Okay. Um, and again, it's thirty-four games. Having the break for the League's Cup. Um, what thoughts on yeah thoughts on 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 the schedule? No met no game against Messi for the Sounders this year. Um, what do, what do you think would be the optimal schedule? And in, in like any anything. Um, honestly, in my opinion, I would I would take the um, there are twenty nine teams in it. I would take the one game. I would take the 28-game season, uh, one game against every club. I would take that season over this schedule. I thought, I thought, is there any potential schedule idea that you would like? Do you want to throw out here? Or yeah. thought, or thoughts on that idea? Do you like that idea? Because then, then we can actually have the supporter shield. Because so you're actually, the fact the fact that right. we still have the supporter shield when it's so unbalanced, like how can any team do like? I don't know if it works not on a fair. practical basis. Too much travel across the country. Um, I still think that's more. I think that's more, it's more fair than that. Even if yeah, even if you you don't get to play right now, the season's thirty four games. You're talking about going down to twenty eight, which, which would unlikely. be fine. Then we can still have leagues cup. There are too right, many and, games and fewer midweek games. Exactly. That's how you get rid of midweek games. Yeah. It makes the regular season matter. Makes it matter more, especially because there's so many games and still so many teams are gonna make the playoffs. Less games is better. Is better in my opinion. I don't think it. I think it's fine that there are some teams that. I think it's fine that you will, that you don't. Why well, would like to play both teams home in a way? Like I do think this is still better. Are there any other ideas that you you could throw? I mean. Right. I mean, they could if, if they wanted to go to two leagues of fifteen and then have, and then have a promotion relegation between those teams. Like, that's one way you could do it. Right. Then you'd have obviously many years where pairs of teams don't play each other at all if they're in the two separate leagues, but the good teams are playing each other. Yeah, having me- and they they do it with the where they finished last year, so Messi ends up being in Division Two, in MOS Two. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, I think it's hard to get consistency when you've got expansion teams coming in. Um, you know, I think the you've got to get the team to a balanced configuration with a with an even number of teams and a consistent number of teams. Um, but you know, what's the right way to do that? Is it to you know cut the top division down to twenty? Um, I mean, again, I, I don't know if the Premier League style, you know, play all 19 teams will work with as much travel as we have. Yeah. You know, I think that's easier to do in England than it is across the United States. Yeah. Um, and Canada. 
So I, I um, mean, even what if what if if they if they kept it? Do you think it would be better if they kept it so you played every team, so you only played, so you didn't play uh, some teams in your conference three times? I would prefer that 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 you only play everyone in your conference twice, and then and then there then you could do more more right. interconference. I mean, it it games. seems very it seems very arbitrary. Um, you know, as long as one conference has more teams than the other, you sort of need you need to make it unfair in that way. You know, you can't have the two sides play interconference the same amount because it just doesn't work out. Um, right, I don't know. I mean, I you know, I guess you know, getting the league to thirty or thirty-two or twenty, some sensible number, uh, is the first step. Well, if you want to hear more about uh, potential scenarios. Uh, we advise listeners to check out Football is Life, uh, my other radio show with a Nashville fan and an YCFC fan where we discuss uh, every week of MOS and we'll talk about the schedule and uh, potential scenarios and stuff like this. Uh, next episode, you can find Football is Life wherever you listen to podcasts and follow Football is Life on Instagram at footballslife.wecb. And on Twitter at WECB Football. And check out that website, footballislife.net, to listen to Football is Life. Uh, we look, We will talk more about uh, the Sounders schedule um, when the second episode of uh, uh, 2024 comes out um, in February, which will be the month that the Sounders season kicks off. Anything is from the specific schedule that you want to, that excites you moving forward. Now, again, we don't get to play Messi, but we open the season uh, against LAFC at LAFC. Uh, that game is on Fox. Then our first game of the season is at is uh, our first home game is against Austin. And then to and then our last game of the season is against Portland on Decision Day. Um, anything from the schedule that uh, jumped out at you, or you want to bring awareness to in uh, the Sounders' fiftieth season and our first season with uh, the new crest? As obviously probably the biggest part of this year. New, we're gonna get to see a new uniform and a new crest being used the entire year and the new facility coming online at some point yeah um, and, and also and also grass I, I i believe when the sounders um will i it will be interesting to see if the sound if any games will get moved in uh february and uh march because i believe that as soon as the seahawks season is over then Lumen Field is going to be replacing the turf, um, but still with new turf, not with grass this and time. And I, uh, I that's what turf, I've heard yeah. for for an explanation of why we're opening on the road. Um, but yeah, don't. I, I hope it's. I mean, like before, I've heard them say that I thought the grant that putting in new grass was going to take like six weeks or something. So I th- feel like they might have to move more games, even though we do have. Uh, other home games after the Aust- um after uh we we play Austin 
Um, two weeks later after that, we have Colorado coming in. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, the Seahawks want grass, so I, I hope when they said new turf, it is it is uh, grass, and that's at least what they talked about. Hopefully, hopefully we get uh, the news. Just just put in grass. Please, please, please just put in grass. We'll play at T-Mobile Park. It'll be fine. They also have grass. That would also be fun to watch the Sounders game at T-Mobile Park. Uh, big things coming to Seattle in the soccer world. Um, these days, anything else about ending the season against Portland? Do you have any thoughts on on that? Imagine um, winning. Uh, it could be pretty pretty awesome. We win the supporter shield. Uh, uh, Christian Rodon's uh, or no, no new who scores in the 90th minute to clinch the supporter shield for us and to eliminate Portland from playoff contention. Um. December 19th, uh, not December, October 19th. Uh, you see that happening? Um, you know, obviously, uh, an exci- always a, an exciting way to end the season. Um, you know, depends a lot whether anything is in doubt. Hopefully we won't take our seating down to the wire as much as we have in some previous years. Um, you know, but maybe as you say, we'll have the chance to send Portland home. Um... Bold prediction for for next season. Uh, what's your what's your prediction? Is it gonna gonna be something about you can be something about league's cup and you can be a player stat. It can be a goal, some specific goal. What what's gonna happen right here, right now? What's it gonna be? I'm terrible at these predictions. Um, what will I predict? Uh, Jordan Morris will score a goal. That's a terrible prediction. You, can't, you, <laughs> you gotta go more bold than that. Um, let's see. The Sounders will have uh, clinched a playoff spot long before decision day. When? Let's give a. Let's give. Uh, um, let's say September. September first. September first. We're already in the playoffs. Yes. All right. I'm going to. I will go for. I will teach you how to make. A, a bold prediction. I'm going to predict we win the U.S. Open Cup next year. Um, we're I could say we we come out flying, and then we punch MLS straight in the face, showing that we do care about this tournament, and we become the first MLS team to win the tournament for a fifth year. That will be my bold prediction. We'll see what happens. We will be back uh, for the on the first Thursday of. February to preview the Sounders first game of the season against MLS Cup runners up LAFC Uh, and thank God we will not have to hear uh, at the beginning of the uh, we will not have to witness a MLS Cup celebration um, or hear the announcers say um, say that say that they are the champions over and over during this game uh, just one more one more tad bit well i during mls cup i i don't know if i told you told you this but i was but uh, i was part uh participating in the mls cup drinking game in which you drink every time you uh taylor twelman says something negative about sounders and it happened six times so 
He'll probably be on that LAFC game we, again first Thursday of February uh, to preview that game and the Austin game, the two games that will open up this season in our in the 50th season uh, of the Seattle Sounders. Uh, until next time, we want to remind you to follow the show on Instagram at Scarves Up Podcast and on X at the Scarves Up Pod. Remember to check out. Remember to check out our website, scarvesuppodcast.com, and there you can send us your questions and uh, find links to. Uh, where you can listen to the show, you can listen to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Until then, going into 2024, remember to get your new Rave Green jersey and your new Rave Green scarf. And then remember to keep your scarves up. Scarves up.